Last week, we began session 61, received July 8, 1981, Law of One, 14 exchanges. And last time, we stopped in the middle uh, of the session after the question 61.6, which is very important when we understand um, healing and balance of body, or balance and healing for body as um, distinct from mind or spirit, uh, the work of healing, balancing, initiation of body is not simply the flesh body, but the energy system, but the activity of, phys- of, of our incarnation, or the activity of embodiment, or our activity embodied, uh, particularly in relation to others. And... Uh, Ra was explaining the balance between love and wisdom in the use of the body and its natural functions. Um, There are natural functions of body that are uh, associated with relationship, and that's what they mean by the natural functions. They're the natural relational functions of body. The natural functions of body associated with relationship and others. Distinct from functions of body having to do with what Ra said, the unmanifest self, not subject to the need for balancing, but, of course, (laughs) physical health uh, and body maintenance, taking care of your body, and uh, anything associated with um, the the issue of physicality, which plays a big role, you know, I mean, any sickness is an indication of imbalance in body function and, and in mind, of course, also because the body is the creature of the mind's creation. So some, I think that Ra significantly has the view that uh, in terms of illness and sickness, it's not only, um, we need to not only look at the use of the natural functions of body related to others, but look at the mind process of how we, how we're, what, what distortions we're carrying or operating under that lead to body uh, illness. Now, they may be associated with relationship, of course. So it's all very complex, but uh, 61.6, to recap very briefly, Ra is talking about uh, the natural functions of body related to others or relationship being, um, I would say, stages or or degrees of intimacy, touching, loving, then sexuality and companionship, Uh, being not simply desires of mind, but also needs of body. Uh, doesn't mean one can um, transcend them um, if one suffers through unfulfilled needs or desires, as in you know the ascetic path that can be balanced. But we're talking about um, looking at how we engage, particularly Ra's saying, how we engage with others um, via love and wisdom and the healing exercises or disciplines of body having to do with balance of love and wisdom require an, a kind of analysis of how we are with others and is there a predominance of love or wisdom and if it's love, is it love of self or love of other? This kind of analysis basically is only done or would only be done when we get into problems. When, when our relationships are problematic or our physical relations with others are problematic. So sexuality issues. But of course it's also related to personal psychology and one's history and biases you know, and self-image and things like that, which are not body's natural functions but aspects of mind or self-image, second chakra. So there's overlap, obviously, whenever we have uh, problematic conditions in life or difficult relationships or difficulty in relationship, 
there may be a love wisdom imbalance in the use of body in its natural functions there may well generally always will be uh, distortions in mind associated with self-image or expectation or um, entitlement neediness or uh, intolerance insensitivity or a lack of love or a lack of wisdom or wisdom love imbalance in our thinking about the other person or ourself in relation to them or relationship as a whole <laughs> or certain dynamics of the relationship so there's a lot going on there are distortions in mind and then there's imbalance in the use of the body but here it's very simple and um, we're just looking at body level and Ra's talking about examining natural functions in daily life to recognize um, the the apparent you know what seems to be the degree of balance in love wisdom and whether it's over love of self or love of other and the will you know the value of looking at fantasies and thoughts for that balancing it's this again is useful or needed um, when we run into difficulties in relationship uh, there are all forms of you know we can look at uh, the 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 natural functions that Ra indicated right there were four touching loving body body loving but not sex it's basically shared love um, in companionship touching is a physical you know physical tactile uh, you know interaction loving um, is not so different but it uh, includes not simply the need for physical touch but the body's need to feel love um, body to body but that doesn't have to be sexual meaning two people like friendliness you know friendliness friendship uh, companionship of friends or a friend uh, could be an example of loving physical relationship without sex then there's sex and then there's companionship uh, to combat loneliness now there is um, you know when we when we look at any one of those the two that are generally issue generally the the zones of problem the problematic zones are loneliness and sexuality most people I mean people can have a complex about don't touch me or I really need to touch you <laughs> so but mainly I think uh, the the problematic zones or area aspects of body's natural function in relation to others would be sexuality and companionship loneliness and so on the loneliness axis there are people who uh, or we may um, have a tremendous uh, longing for companionship um, and hate to be alone there can be a tremendous aversion to companionship and an attachment to staying alone there can be sexual compulsion there can be sexual panic there can be uh, frigidity there can be a hypersexuality there can be um, you know inundation by sexual fantasy there can be inability to feel sexual excitement these are uh, you know obviously uh, issues associated with the natural function of sexuality that uh, you know bespeak or indicate love wisdom imbalance is it love of self love of other is it love or wisdom generally as I said before uh, withdrawal um, or a mentally structured way of relationship is uh, indicative of, of over wisdom wisdom over love uh, there are people you know it's like um, don't don't touch don't touch me I might get polluted uh, pollution phobias you know touching phobia right he has to wear gloves because you don't want to get germs and that's a psychological issue obviously you can say that that's what over wisdom wisdom over love or love of self over the wisdom understanding of the value of you know having an immune system uh, there's not enough wisdom because the person doesn't know they have an immune system they might be fine uh, 
is it excessive love of self? Uh, you can look that way. It's not necessarily always helpful. <laughs> As a therapist, I wouldn't I wouldn't push somebody this way to say, let us now observe the use of your body functions, whether you're over love, over wisdom, it's love of self, love of other. That doesn't that 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 may be the work that's done in healing, but that's not always the best. Exp- uh, the, making that known explicitly or using this as explicit self guide, you know, guidance for self analysis may not always be helpful. Sometimes it is, sometimes not. But certainly, looking at one's fantasies is important. Where am I coming from? And in the end, when we have resolved. Um, issues, meaning uh, conflict, complexity in our relationship with others, in terms of body function, of body needs, when we really have resolved things, whatever though that issue is, um, it will be uh, it will ha- it will be a manifestation of a love wisdom balance. There will be finer, improved love wisdom balance in the resolution of any issue we have in relationship with others in the use of the body's natural functions. <laughs> all right? it's rah, 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 rah. But to get all of this clear, it's um, complicated. It doesn't have to be the explicit you know, method of treatment or self-healing, but um, when there is healing of any body, uh, you know, sexual or companionship, issues, psychological complexes, um, that healing will be um, the, the achievement of a, better, of a better balance. And so the wisdom axis is also important whereby we consider what really is healthy and good for me. Is it good for me to, to continue as I am? Whether that uh, is, you know, uh, highly withdrawn or, um, you know, intensely needy and seeking um, what's best. And so, like, uh, you know, I, I may be so lonely for a girlfriend that I'm looking around, 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 and I can't find anybody. Uh, maybe it's time to take a break. Uh, the resolution of... Uh, the uh, unfulfilled seeking and the increased frustration, sorrow, self-pity associated with continued seeking and not finding, that may be, that resolution will involve a greater love-wisdom balance, can be mediated by wisdom for sure, like maybe I should take a break and I should try another approach, or maybe I should uh, be patient and focus in on myself. Uh, So whenever there's an excessive longing or um, excessive engagement, which would be love over wisdom, uh, the healing will involve greater self-reflection, development of wisdom, to realize that uh, it's better, you know, this is not a skillful approach, let me try something a little better. So, that's example. Anyway, um, Ra is saying again in 61.6, the important balancing is the understanding of each interaction on this level with other selves um, so that whether the balance may be love-wisdom or wisdom-love, the other self is seen by the self in a balanced configuration and the self is thus freed for further work. And so uh, this balancing is a portion of um, self-liberation, is an aspect of seeking uh, moksha or enlightenment, but it's really freeing ourselves up from the bondage of psychological complexes associated with uh, imbalanced use of body in relationship. <laughs> so, uh, freed for further work, also, you know, meaning like service to other, also means freed um, to be more at ease, to be at ease and to be available to be helpful to others and keep learning and, and following our own path. So then, after all that, I'll try, I will finish this session in this talk. 61.7, Don says, second question, could you give an example of how feelings affect portions of the body and the sensations of the body? 
and so this is focusing on portions of the body and feelings or emotion and uh, sensations of the body associated with feelings which you know feelings in buddhism can be identified with sensation but there's also feelings as emotion so let's see what he's meaning and ra goes their own way and ra says it is nearly impossible to speak generally of these mechanisms meaning how feelings affect body and body sensation it's nearly impossible to speak generally of these mechanisms for each entity of proper seniority or development has its own programming for catalyst of the less aware entities we may say that the connection will often seem random as the higher self continues producing catalyst until a bias occurs in each programmed individual uh, the sensitivities are far more active and as we have said that catalyst not used fully by the mind and spirit is given to the body thus you may see in this entity carla the numbing of the arms and the hands signifying this entity's failure uh, failure to surrender to the loss of control over the life thus this drama is enacted in the physical distortion complex or body in the questioner um don we may see the desire not to be carrying the load it carries given as physical manifestation of the soreness of those muscles for carrying used meaning shoulders that which is truly needed to be carried is a pre-incarnative responsibility which seems highly inconvenient in the case of the scribe jim we see a weariness and a numbness of feelings ensuing from lack of using catalyst designed to sensitize this entity to quite significant influxes of unfamiliar distortion complexes of the mental emotional and spiritual level as the numbness removes itself from the higher or more responsive complexes the bodily complex distortions will vanish this is true also of the other examples we would note at this time that the totally efficient use of catalyst upon your plane is extremely rare and um don wondered in 618 how could you give us that information it's pretty uh you know explicit could you tell me how you're able to give us information like this with respect to the first distortion law of free will law of confusion ross says each of those is already aware of this information any other reader may extract the heart of meaning from this discussion without interest as to the examples sources if each was not fully aware of these answers we could not speak and then ra added it is interesting that in many of your queries you ask for confirmation rather than information that's acceptable to us okay so um this is the second major um teaching on body catalyst or catalyst experience at body and um associated with the healing and balancing of body uh in the healing and balancing of mind body spirit. Um uh, we're talking about feelings which I think he means emotional emotions and mental biases. How that affects parts of the body physically like illness and symptom and sensations of the body like, you know, certain feelings, certain sensational, you know, somatic experience like tingling and numbness and this and that. Ross said first of all you can't generalize that interplay it's an, it's really an interplay between mind and body uh because each entity of proper seniority or each entity or each person with their own level of development has their own programming has their own life plan has their own um uh symbol sim, symbol sim, symbolic uh, significance system or body symptomology symbol significance and way in which that's uh, occurring you uh, know how body symptomology occurs or is generated in relation to their own level of development so ra is talking first of all on the axis of level of development being less aware entities versus um programmed individual <laughs> sometimes ra's language is so easily misunderstood 
programmed individual means, I believe, a soul that has consciously programmed catalyst for its life before incarnation in association with higher self. So it's consciously program an entity, a person who's consciously programming catalyst as one who's achieved some degree of green reactivation indistinct from, in distinction to the less aware entities for whom catalyst is uh, chosen by higher self itself not so consciously or not consciously by them even uh, before birth meaning they're less aware they're naturally less aware of why they're experiencing what they're experiencing meaning people who are less developed spiritually who have not developed themselves <laughs> not put in the time to think and reflect and, uh, and analyze and feel and open to the deep mind and heart the people who haven't done that are less aware of why things are happening to them and why stuff is coming up for them and in many cases they, they would seems the connection seems random meaning they don't think they created their own body symptoms they don't imagine they can't imagine they are creating their own reality they don't realize that um, you know, mind affects body. Uh, the connection will often seem random. The connection between their thinking and their body process, their body symptomology, and their thinking or their mind. Uh, and there really are a lot of people who get sick and cannot realize that they did it to themselves. There really are a lot of humans like that. And they are the um, suckers for pharmaceuticals. They are the pharmaceutical uh, fodder fodder for the pharmaceutical slow death of humanity or what I call self-erasure the biological self-erasure of earth humanity by New World Order um, bodily manipulation that's another matter very dark but uh, for the less evolved entity in general there is um, less understanding of how mind affects body how personal responsibility uh, for choices in body, in, in, in thought, word, and deed, um, generates body activity or body symptomology or illness or health. And in that case, for that entity, it's mainly higher self-producing catalyst until a bias occurs, meaning a, a choice of path, positive or negative. And that's the case with you know the less aware person is not clearly on the positive or the negative path. They're non-polarized. And so the majority of Earth humanity could be considered not fully polarized, even if there is some heart chakra activation. Uh, but it's a, this is, you know, this is another long... <laughs> I really have to finish this session in an hour. But Ra had said something like 50% plus, 50 per, 50 plus of Earth humanity is participating in catalyst programming before birth because of having achieved some degree of green reactivation meaning it would seem that they have a bias for service to other most entities would have a service to other or service to all or positive path bias but um, to the extent that that the person is not conscious of their bias meaning they have a bias towards you know love and truth and uh, benefit for all they're biased metaphysically or at the base of their beingness to the positive path but they're not conscious of it meaning they can't imagine or they don't have the thought that life is about learning and growing and and helping they don't think that way anyway higher self act acts upon the less sensitized person um until a bias occurs or until bias clarifies to a degree to a certain degree then we have the programmed individuals or the more consciously evolved which maybe you know that 50 percent uh their sensitivities are far more active uh but to what degree uh, you know would you say that half of the people in this world um are are far more sensitive <laughs> to um you know how mind creates body process i mean it seems to me that most of the people in this world can't imagine that they create their own body or that body illness is made by mind uh, and the body illness made by mind is expressed by the principle Ra says here that catalyst not fully used by mind and spirit is given to body 
So the man, the businessman who gets an ulcer, the Japanese uh, angry man <laughs> who uh, drinks too much and hurts himself, and then he gets an ulcer, uh, doesn't realize that uh, his anger caused it, doesn't realize that it's his sorrow and, and feeling of unworthiness that leads him to the attachment to anger that led him to the ulcer that puts him in the hospital and leads him to a, a, a limited life experience. Uh, catalyst could have been used by mind and spirit if the person realizes their attachment to anger and their underlying low self-value or their fear of of sorrow and grief associated with how they weren't loved by their daddy uh, and now, now he's an angry man and his wife doesn't love him either. Uh, meanwhile, he's uh, going to get stomach cancer or on the way. Um, he could have avoided that had he um, loved his hate or accepted his anger and its underlying basis, taking responsibility, the body would change. And that's where Ra is saying, um, uh, as, uh, as certain symptoms are removed from higher or more responsive complexes, those means mind and spirit, mind complex, spirit complex. As the, the distortion is removed from the higher complexes, the bodily complex distortions also can go away, but not always. So in the three cases Ra gave, Carla, uh, I believe, was numbing of arms and hands. That numbing is a desensitization, but that desensitization is um, not not because she was over you, not not because um, she was insensitive to people. She was a great helper all her life. So you see, some people may have numb hands because they can't feel. In her case, I think it look it seems that Ross saying that uh, her numbness of arms and hands, which are basically you know fourth chakra, fifth chakra appendages, or fourth and fifth chakra resonant appendages, in my understanding of the five, uh, the four appendages, two arms, two legs, and um, its relationship to the lower mind two three and upper mind four five chakras. Uh, in her case, it seems that Ra saying that that numbness came from a, a failure to surrender to loss of control. The loss of control we talked about before, where she couldn't um, follow, she couldn't um, live in accord with body limitations, but overworked herself, or didn't know when to to take a rest, uh, or didn't take care of her own body enough and pushed herself with the martyr complex um, that um, martyr self martyrdom or martyr martyr complex we you know is an easy way of saying it simple simplistic the martyr complex can be seen as surrender as failure to surrender to a loss of control or to w living within limitations the loss of control over the life means you, your mind can't control your body. Your mind can't control, you, you can't control your body experience uh, by mind only. <laughs> because if you <clears throat> work as hard as you want, your body will get sick. And so there's a certain surrendering to body limits that is associated with, I would say, surrendering to loss of control, the value of going out of control. I've lost control. The yogi is out of control. <laughs> the great, you know, the logos is out of control. <laughs> Atman is out of control because they're in total love. Love and control are opposite. That doesn't mean no wisdom. That doesn't mean no uh, discernment. It doesn't mean no careful achievement or careful plan or establishing. It means no control. Control is seen as a is is the it, it it's predicated on on deficient understanding. When there's um, um, massive or great understanding, there is intrinsically um, no non-control. 
or absolute love, unconditional acceptance, the dimension of love and understanding, fourth density, fourth chakra, love and understanding as synonymous, absolute understanding or broad, broad, you know, breadth and depth of understanding requiring uh, breadth and depth of acceptance or love is a non-controlling and um, she evidenced or we evidence inadequate understanding when we believe that control is the correct method of, of handling situations. Control again is not the same as clear discern, discernment and uh, you know right plan, right planning and right establishment. There can be right right seeing and right planning and right establishment or skillful skillful establishment from right seeing without control. In the case of uh, Don Questioner, that was a very simple analogy. Um, shoulder soreness of muscles for carrying like shoulders associated with um, the mind's desire not to carry its load, meaning the responsibilities <clears throat> pre-incarnative responsibility uh, for the work, you know? I mean, the server, the person who does a lot in service, um, may often have a sense of soreness and fatigue. It's called burnout. In the extreme case, it's burnout. And so, it's, you know, there are a lot of physical problems that can come from uh, excessive um, working associated with service to other, which represents perhaps over love, you know, love over love of other over wisdom, for wisdom in understanding balance, or love over wisdom, in the way that the love is a love of other. I really want to help. I'll say yes and give everything to everybody all the time as much as I can. Well, that person usually goes out of balance and gets sick, or has sore shoulders, or more. And so, wisdom needs to be upped, and the wisdom is in this case for him. I think. Um, yes, you do. Yes, you have. Uh, y yes, your life is the manifestation of very significant pre-incarnative responsibilities you have made for yourself to do this contact, to be a server, to have this situation, to have this obligation and duty to stand, to keep your post and work on work in place. And uh, you can also take better care of yourself and rest more and have more fun and relax and get a massage and this and that. So, wisdom clarifies um, imbalances, and that is a balancing process itself. In the case of Jim, weariness and um, numbness of feelings from lack of using catalyst designed to sensitize him to uh, significant influxes that are unfamiliar in the mind and spirit. What was that? Well, Rod didn't explain it, so you know they can't say everything. <laughs> you got to figure we got to figure things out on ourselves, on our on our own. But this, you know, all of these. I mean, I could talk for an hour on just sixty-one, six, and seven. Uh, what we see is, uh, you know, this this is the learning of um, reading body sense symptomology, um, body symptomology as symbolic manifestation uh, that has significance at the level of mind and intentionality and dis and can be read the sense symbol the, the symbolic symptomology can be read to determine specific distortion complexes of mind which is called psychological issues conflict usually associated with self-esteem um, but also associated with expectations and, uh, you know, particular mm, feelings of this, uh, particular beliefs about this and that. Like, it's wrong to surrender to loss of control. I hate being out of control because then I feel weak because I was beaten up as a child when I was weak or when I was out of control. They told me I should always be in control, so I always want to be in control. Or, I'm not a good server if I say no. Or, I can't carry this burden, it's too much. I'm inadequate. Why me? Said Job. 
uh, Howard Storm, you must have made a mistake. But they said, no, we don't make mistakes. Higher Self, does Higher Self make mistakes in Program Catalyst? No. Confederation, 60 groups, they make mistakes. But Program Catalyst is never mistaken. Which means whatever occurs to us is never mistaken. Which means it's always usable for continued uh, you know, evolution of mind by spirit. And wisdom leads the road. And so again, um, each person is different. You know, Jim's weariness and numbness um, was different than Carla's. And Don's sore shoulders or sore carrying muscles would have a different significance, perhaps, than someone else's. So, <laughs> it's very subtle, but one can read these things and one can know and one can apply this to oneself for sure. And yes, of course, the totally efficient use of Catalyst upon uh, 3D space-time is rare. <laughs> Those people don't appear. They they generally uh, keep themselves away. 618, could you tell me how you are able to give us information like this with respect to the first distortion? And we read this already. Each is already aware of it. Um, and so Ron sort of indicates that each was fully aware. If each was not fully aware, we couldn't speak. Um, so they didn't were they fully aware see this is again a funny kind of thing ross said if each was not fully aware of the answers we couldn't speak um if you ask don jim and carla for a full rundown explaining their body symptom symptomology they couldn't probably put it as clearly as raw did but raw yet said each is fully indicated or you know suggested each is fully aware because if what each weren't we couldn't speak they spoke meaning they are but <laughs> they don't perhaps know that they're fully aware. So again, um, we may know more than we recognize we know, not simply unconscious mind knowing, but conscious mind knowing, but we run over it or we um, look the other way and wonder why, 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 but we already know consciously. We're just consciously focused in a different direction. So this is a funny thing. 61.9, Don says, this brings out the point of the purpose for the physical incarnation, I believe. And that is to reach a conviction through your own thought processes as to a solution to problems and understandings in a totally unbiased or totally, totally free situation with no proof at all, or anything that you'd consider proof, proof being a very poor word in itself. Can you expand on my concept? Um, it's it is sort of confused, but it's a very important point. Um, what is the purpose of physical incarnation is a question. Um, uh, but we're talking about um, discovery uh, or truth, you know, discovery of truth without proof. Ra's answer. Your opinion is an eloquent one, although somewhat confused in its connections between the freedom expressed by subjective knowing and the freedom expressed by subjective acceptance. There is a significant distinction between the two. This, meaning uh, 3D space-time, this is not a dimension of knowing, even subjectively, due to the lack of overview of cosmic and other inpourings which affect each and every situation which produces catalyst. The subjective acceptance of that which is at the moment and the finding of love within that moment is the greater freedom. That known as the subjective knowing without proof is, in some degree, a poor friend, for there will be anomalies no matter how much information is garnered due to the distortions which form their density. <laughs> I could spend a half hour on this answer, but I won't. Um, the distinction between subjective knowing and subjective acceptance, knowing more fifth chakra, acceptance more fourth chakra, subjective meaning you do it for yourself. There's a big difference between the two. Uh, to a certain degree, Raw is basically saying that, that the greater freedom, you know, it's the relationship between experiential freedom, freedom from emotional charge, freedom from confusion, freedom from conflict, freedom from distortion, uh, available or generated or associated, generated by or associated with subjective knowing versus subjective acceptance, or green ray versus uh, blue-green, 
activations. Ra's talking in 3D. This uh, this here, this 3D space-time, is not a dimension of knowing um, because it's the mind is veiled, because the, the existence of conscious subconscious. Uh, even subjectively, meaning obviously we can't prove much, we can't prove concept, you can't prove principle, you can't prove any so-called metaphysical principles or ideas are true, you can't prove spirituality, none of it is provable. Roth said early on in the sessions we offer truth without proof. So you can know truth, but you can't prove it. And skeptic, uh, small-minded scientists think, oh, well, if you can't prove it, then it doesn't exist. This is <laughs> kindergarten intellect. If you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. Baby, if you can't prove it, you can't prove it. There's much that has now been proven that previously wasn't proven or provable that now is proven to exist. It existed then, just as now it exists and is proven, and it existed before unproven, but still existed. And today, much of metaphysics, or all of it really, is unprovable. Um, but you yourself have to discover which of what of it exists. So, yes, of course, 3D space-time under the veil, the limited brain, the body-brain system, is not even a dimension of subjective knowing, or what Ra you can know, obviously you can say, I, 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 I believe I'm a wanderer. Do I know it? Some people will say, I know it. Um, they, we, the person who says that believes they, they do know. Is it possible? I think it is, for sure. Gautama knew in this body, in this dimension, yeah. Fifth chakra, sixth chakra activation um, is no is true knowing, but that's a person who's who's an adept. But in gen in general, uh, for the ordinary mind, because in this dimension we don't have this overview of cosmic and other imporings, meaning we don't see energy. We we we're fixed in time. We don't see past and future or we believe we have limitation of consciousness to an experiential present rather than the experiential present that does not include um, what what we consider past and future and we don't have uh, etheric vision or clairvoyance or seeing intuitive knowing of um, multi-dimensional energy flows and um, dynamics metaphysical uh, dynamics in play in each situation which produces catalyst or each situation which is uh, a catalytic each catalyst which may be a situation or a dynamic like even a body symptomology cannot be fully known or proven um, and therefore Ra is saying subjective acceptance of what's occurring in the present moment which will include my not knowing Subjective acceptance of, of inadequate knowing <laughs> is a part of subjective acceptance. I know I don't fully know. And I also know, or I also accept that I feel pain and confusion and not well. Uh, but um, Ross saying that subjective acceptance of that which is occurring at the moment, particularly, you know, at, at the levels of body, mind, spirit, particularly body, mind, subjectively accepting, personally acceptance of it, and finding love within the moment is the greater freedom, in their view. And that's true in general, yes, for nearly everybody. Um, the, the, the point simply that I'm making is that you need to develop blue right. <laughs> and the more you develop blue, then you're not just working with green, you're working blue-green, fourth-fifth chakras. And the degree to which you're activating six, then... Um, the powers of acceptance and knowing uh, are playing upon a vastly expanded space of consciousness by six chakra activation. So six chakra activation expands the realm of uh, the knowable, the acceptable. <laughs> Acceptability and knowability is expanded, actually, by six ray activation, and of course, first, you know, first, second, third chakra blockage clearance. So I'm not, uh, I, I wouldn't say that subjective knowing is a poor friend, and I, I like friends. A friend is a friend, whether they're rich or poor, for me. 
So, <laughs> subjective, a poor friend of the the poor friend that is subjective knowing, isn't a problem for me, um, because he's a friend, and uh, I would say that one can one can depend on subjective acceptance as the basic way of living. <laughs> you know, we need to we need to really fully develop. Um, the power to accept or accept loss of control, to accept uncontrollability of, of reality as it is, right? That's a subjective acceptance of that which is at the moment. It doesn't mean, you know, surrender to tyranny, and it doesn't mean uh, apathy or, you know, checking out disinterest. It's um, lack of controlling. And so... Uh, subjective acceptance, I'd say, is where we start, and subjective knowing uh, is always developable, or can be highly developed, but it's unprovable. All that we may know, we cannot prove, but it's true. Yeah, sure, also, there are anomalies, no matter how much information is garnered, due to distortions which form their density. The question is, how much is your mind-consciousness process bound by third density? Then, 61.10, I will finish the session, Don's asking, could you give examples of body polarity? Um, that's really a big answer, I think, Rob, but Rob Brute condensed it and said, within the body, there are many polarities which relate to the balancing of the energy centers of the various bodies of the unmanifested entity, meaning um, adept work. It's well to explore these polarities for work in healing, each entity is, of course, a potential polarized portion of another self. So, um, there are many polarities in the body, such as uh, head to torso, arms to legs, um, sub-diaphragmatic to supra-diaphragmatic, you know, mm, uh, tissue to, to liquid, uh, so, you know, solid organ, organ systems of, sol of solidity to those of liquidity like blood or lymph or this or that <laughs> temperature heat and cold you know there are many <laughs> various polarities of the biological organism and then many which relate to balancing of energy centers of the various bodies meaning energy you know chakras and chakras associated with their energy fields seven chakras uh, are nodal points for seven energy fields, or seven bodies. Of the unmanifested entity, it really, I think, again, means the non-relational entity, or the person um, considered, um, in, you know, uh, alone, or, or considered without, you know, their, their, their autonomy considered separate from their relationality. It's well to explore these polarities for work in healing, for self-healing, healing of mind particularly and Ross said talking about the healing and balance of mind the value of the need to internalize the polarities of our dimension where you find impatience find the corresponding patience like that so where you find the love of other to engage find the corresponding wisdom um, with love of self to withdraw <laughs> so there's uh, you know there's all sorts of balancing and internalizing or resolving of polarities that is done in balancing. And the analysis of body symptomology is a portion of balancing. And so there are all sorts of polarities of the body itself and the mind, and all, um, all wellness comes from balance, whether we use Ra's approach or not, in my view. 6111. It says here, somewhere, that it would seem the proper balancing exercises for all sensations of the body would be some form of inactivity, such as meditation or contemplation. Is it correct? And that's a certain approach, which seems reasonable to me, but um, meaning um, one can balance body sensa sensations or heal, um, you know, body symptoms or illness symptoms and body uh, anomalies and problems in the body by meditation. Mm, some people believe that, and I think that's 
it's very doable for some people. <laughs> Not for everybody, though. Um, Ross said, this is largely incorrect. The balancing requires a meditative state, and that's the difference between the inactivity or the meditative state. The balancing requires a meditative state in order for the work to be done. So, yes, the inactivity of mind or what's called a meditative state of concentration or focus or equanimity like samadhi is required for work to be done yes goes on however the balancing of sensation sensation itself has to do with an analysis of the sensation with a special respect to any unbalanced leaning between the love and the wisdom or the positive and the negative then whatever is lacking in the balanced sensation is, or the imbalanced sensation, is, as in all balancing, allowed to come into the being after the sensation is remembered and recalled in such detail as to overwhelm the senses. This is another long answer which I can't explain fully because of time. This is um, a tantric-type exercise where, in a meditative state, uh, one calls up to mind the painful, disturbing, unbalanced, distorted sensorium or sensations and um, intensifies them, remembering, recalling in such detail as to overwhelm the senses, one basically amps it up to uh, accept it and uh, cathart it fully. This is... um, meditative, uh, deliberate catharsis of a distorted sensation as a meditative practice. Or, um, in uh, conditions of, of life, <laughs> being body outside of meditation, still with the meditative state. Or, you see, there's a difference between what works and what Ra is saying should be done. Uh, for me, I, like everybody here, has not been following exactly what Ra has been prescribing for, you know, the exercises they gave for healing body, mind, spirit, or balancing body and mind and spirit. Uh, their, what Ra is talking about is their instructions and guidance um, and the principles behind them. We may be, we may have used or we may use and have used and continue using other techniques or other methodology, the principles are the same in terms of what constitutes balancing or what the balanced state is, what healing is, but the technique or the, um, the methodology or approach is different. This approach that they're offering that was given to the adepts in Egypt or the initiates, I would imagine, begins with a meditative state, but it isn't um, associated with um, formless meditation, such as um, mindfulness of the breath in Buddhism, or uh, contemplating something. Ra's exercise given they're giving, or what they taught, is, um, is the balancing of sensation or healing um, by first anal- analyzing uh, by intellect, by, content, by by thought, the degree to which that sensation is uh, the manifestation of uh, love, wisdom, imbalance, right? As a, right this is 61.6. That's the value of self-analysis or analysis of the sensorium or the sensory experience to see to what degree is it related to excess love or excess wisdom, love of wisdom, wisdom of love, or love of self, love of other, and then um, uh, allowing whatever is lacking in the balanced sensation. I don't know why they say the balanced sensation. It's really whatever is lacking in the sensation that is of distortion and imbalance um, is allowed to come into being, um, which may be wisdom, which means more understanding of what's best for us. You know? It's not good for me to um, spend hours uh, at the bar looking for a girl. It's not good for me to, um, you know, shut the door when when my husband wants to talk because I feel so much anger in my gut. It's not a good idea 
uh, to do this or to avoid that. It's not a good idea. Um, <laughs> the way I'm living is is not helpful. That may be known by wisdom. Uh, that is, you know, the development of wisdom. So you see, the, the analysis that's necessary is development of wisdom. So you need to be, we do need to think. It is helpful to think, but it's a matter of thinking straight, not thinking in circles. Thinking to conclusions, thinking to knowing. It's not total knowing, but it is subjective knowing. And so what is the relationship between, uh, you know, subjective knowing and the analysis needed that in all of this, uh, all of the healing balance, healing uh, exercises. Well, that analysis leads to some subjective knowing, doesn't it? Of course it does. It's unprovable, it's incomplete, it's partial, but it may be extremely helpful in the balancing process. But then, in the tantric exercise, or what, they're, what they may have given as the, the formal practice, um, one does allow the sensation to be remembered, recalled, as to overwhelm the senses. And that's so similar to what I say, you know, when you feel sad, listen to the old music and cry uh, and sob and sob and listen to the same song for 30 minutes. Let, you know, doesn't mean amp it up, but let it come out fully. When you're enraged, feel your rage. It's good to put your hands down and close your mouth, but when you feel rage, feel your rage. When you feel scared, you know, uh, hold yourself in your trembling panic. This is not amping it up the amping up the feeling, but allowing um, uh, allowing the feeling to be as intense as it may be. So anyway, <laughs> all very subtle work actually. Getting close to the end, sixty-one twelve. Could you tell me why it's important for the appurtenances and other brackets, other things, to be so carefully aligned with respect to the instrument? And why just a small ruffle in the sheet by the instrument causes a problem with the reception of Ra. Uh, I'm not going to explain this too much, but read Ra's ex explanation, answer, why it was so important, um, you know, to, to take care of the appurtenances around Carla, like the Bible and the chalice and the censer, and uh, eliminating wrinkles in the sheet. Ra said, we may attempt an explanation... This contact is narrow-bound. The instrument is highly sensitive. Thus we have good entry into it and can use it to an increasingly satisfactory level, meaning Carla, meaning the mind. However, the trance condition is, shall we say, not one which is without toll upon this instrument. Therefore, the area above the entrance into the physical complex of this instrument must be kept clear to avoid discomfort to the instrument, especially as it re-enters the body complex. Meaning she's going out of body, or her conscious, her mind is out of the body and coming back. The appurtenances give to the instrument sensory input and mental visualization, which aid in the trance beginning. The careful alignment of these is important for the energizing group, in that it is a reminder to the to that support group that it is time for a working. The ritualistic behaviors are triggers for many energies of the support group. You may have noticed more energy being used in workings as the number has increased due to the long-term, shall we say, effect of such ritualistic actions. This would not aid another group, as it was designed for this particular system of mind-body-spirit mind, complexes and especially the instrument. There is enough energy transferred for one more long query. We do not wish to deplete the instrument. Um, it's a narrow band contact. Carl is very sensitive. Um, the trans condition is does take a toll or um, does deplete vital and or physical energies. We're talking about the area above the entrance into the physical complex. Uh, the area above the entrance to her body is the chest, or the uh, front of the body, and the head. <laughs> so, no wrinkles on the sheet. It keeps the um, front surface of the body without um, minor, <laughs> minor or what, incongruity or irregularity. Um, so that she, so that the mind can enter, return, come back to the body, 
in a, in a more harmonious way to avoid discomfort as it re-enters the body complex. And then the things around her basically, you know, are sensory input, seeing and smelling and hearing, seeing and smelling, you know, the, the candles and the objects and the incense. Uh, they aid in the beginning and they help the energizing of the group um, and put them in a certain state of mind. And that's the case with ritual also. Ritual ritual religious ritual as energy trigger for sure it's always happening uh ritual rites and rituals are not really necessary for energy activation uh whatever tor type we're talking about chakra activations or chakra interplay or you know <laughs> development of certain perspectives ritual behavior is not necessarily necessary not necessary uh, but for some, they're very helpful. Not that everybody needs it. And um, this is the um, long-term effect of ritualistic action uh, associated with more uh, energy available for the sessions, longer sessions or uh, deeper answers. Uh, and we see <laughs> it's hard for me to get through 14 exchanges in one hour. I can't, so they're getting deeper and deeper and that's associated with the value the long-term value of their ritualism um, which is not my thing at all but um, it helps for some 6113 could you tell us the purpose of the frontal lobes of the brain and the conditions necessary for their activation uh-huh Ross said the frontal lobes of the brain will shall we say have much more use in fourth density the primary mental emotive condition of this large area of the so-called brain is joy or love in its creative sense. Thus, the energies which we have discussed in relation to the pyramids, all of the healing, the learning, the building, and the energizing are to be found in this area. This is the area tapped by the adept. This is the area which, working through the trunk and root of mind, makes contact with intelligent energy and through this gateway intelligent infinity are there any queries before we leave the instrument and um, <laughs> again I don't have time for a long explanation it's all very interesting mental emotive condition or qualities or functions of the frontal lobes um, associated with joy and love now joy or love in its creative sense. May we say that joy is the creative aspect of love? Joy is love in creation. The creative function of love is joy. That's a very interesting way of looking at that. Joy is considered a heart-based happiness or pleasure. There's physical pleasure, emotional, mental happiness, uh, heart joy and spirit bliss so sukha or uh, pleasant pleasantness in sanskrit sukha at the body level is pleasure at the common mind level is happiness at the soul or heart level is joy and at the spiritual level is bliss joy is maybe you know mind spirit not only soul or not only heart but heart and head but uh, we may say that you know love in its creative expression is joy, the ode to joy, like music, um, associated with the frontal lobes, which is very interesting. You can say that um, healing, learning, building, energizing, energies, you see, it's interesting. Ross said the energies we've discussed in relation to pyramids. Well, healing, learning, building, energizing, are not necessarily energies. Healing is an energy. Learning and building are energies. Well, there are energies of the pyramid and here in the frontal lobes uh, associated with the functions of or activities of healing, learning, building. So energizing means stimulating. But the use of the frontal lobes is critical then for self-healing, um, self-learning, um, matter, energy, or magical building, and even stimulation, the frontal lobes. And that's why some people who are pretty 
bright or active have a big forehead so look for the big forehead but be careful <laughs> some of them are negative the area tapped by the adept um, also frontal lobes the area which working with the trunk and root of mind what is the trunk and root of mind it's similar to the torso actually you can say the the roots of mind are you know cosmic planetary racial and then personal subconscious the trunk of mind is its expression in uh, consciousness in 3d space-time contact with intelligent energy 6 ray through the gateway to 7th ray intelligent infinity um, is that that all of that 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 uh, you know Shiva Shakti uh, energy linkage from root chakra to crown through the roots of mind the trunk of mind and its expression in space-time and relationship also to the source of intelligent energy or the contact you know access point to intelligent energy six ray through the gateway to seventh ray or qualities or you know the boundless of intelligent infinity uh, that that work consciously um, being able to activate and utilize that whole you know <laughs> that 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 whole circuit the seven ray circuit seven ray array um, is associated with frontal lobes so pretty important and uh, activation of that whole circuit requires healing is associated with learning allows building and is a stimulating um, and so this, you know, the the frontal lobes as the intern as as the ones as one's own pyramid, <laughs> and that's similar to what I said before, is that all the functions of the pyramid can be done alone, or by yourself, or within the mind body spirit complex. The pyramid and shape is simply an accelerant or an aid, training aid or a help, but one can do it oneself. Finally, sixty one fourteen. Don asks, only is there anything we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact? Ross said, the instrument is somewhat distorted, but each is doing well. You are conscientious. <clears throat> we thank you for continuing to observe the alignments and request that on each level you continue to be this fastidious as this will maintain the contact. I am Ra. I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, my friends, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. So, thank you. And um, next time we'll go to session 62, which is long, <laughs> which is 30 exchanges. And um, it seems we may be out of the pyramids. So, um, out of the pyramids, we go to psychic greeting <laughs> and negative entity uh, uh, attacking the LNL group. So, um, I wonder if there's a relationship hmm, between uh, the Giza pyramid and the uh, intensity of negative attack. So, um, next time we'll look at um, the first half of 62 explains a lot about psychic greeting or psychic attack, Orion, in fact. Uh, it looks like the nearly uh, the whole session, nearly the whole session, or the whole session substantially, significantly, is focused on psychic attack, negative entity, Orion working to disable the LNL group. That's their thing. So, anyway, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I appreciate it. I wish you all well. Take good care and good night.